All right, and welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. I am Treacherous Trista. We're joined by the the people here of Bleed with me. We have writer and director Amelia Moses. Hi. Hello, Rowan Lee Marshall. Hi, I'm so pumped pumped out from that entry. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, the tomb of Nick Cage. Thank you out there for doing the, the theme for us. And Emily Lauren Beatty. Hi guys. Hello. Very good to have you all here. Yeah. Nice to be here. Uh, before we get too far into it, for people who haven't seen Bleed With Me yet, could you give them an idea of what it's about? Yeah, so it's about a kind of awkward young woman who goes for kind of cabin getaway um, with her friend and her friend's boyfriend. And throughout her time there, she experiences these um, strange sleep paralysis incidents and wakes up with cuts on her arms. And she becomes convinced that her friend is stealing her blood. And I like to describe it as like a descent into madness film. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, is there any, was there an inspiration uh, to write the movie? It's an yeah. autobiography. Yeah, I, I had gone <laughs> through similar things myself. So I just really wanted to yeah, bring that to the screen. Um, Which character? Everyone. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, I guess I, I really wanted to kind of explore a film from a single perspective because it was kind of about how um, we can kind of skew narratives and project narratives onto other people. And usually it's kind of in a positive way, like, you know, that person has a better life, they're happier, you know, all that kind of stuff. But instead, it kind of shifts in this film to like uh, the main character projecting a much more twisted narrative onto her friend. Um, so I knew I wanted it to be really kind of from Rowan's perspective and focus on this um, female friendship. Um, and then the bloodletting stuff just kind of fell into place. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, to be honest. I think there was just some, it seemed like a kind of intimate but disturbing act that kind of um, paralleled, uh, kind of worked well with the themes and stuff and, you know, still drawing from some kind of vampiric and horror imagery and stuff without being too grounded in those those tropes i saw lee worked on undress me your um your short beforehand so i assume that's how that's how you met and uh did you have her in mind when you were writing it yeah completely um yeah lee and i met when she auditioned for undress me and then she played the lead in that and we just really got along (laughs) yeah we just hate working together (laughs) Um, (laughs) we love working together and uh, yeah, so I totally went going into the, my first feature. I was very much had her in mind for the lead character. And I knew that it was going to be good for me too to work with an actor I'd worked with before. And it's a pretty intense role. And so kind of doing that short, which was also pretty intense and much more on the kind of prosthetic side of things. But this one was very emotional. Um, so I knew Lee could bring it. <laughs> and, and Lee likes to get bloody for you. Yes. Yeah, I think both, both me and Lauren, both <laughs> me and Lauren, have a strange fetish of just covering ourselves in blood for Amelia. Uh, that's new friendship for you. Um, yeah, I mean, like you, I've said before, and I'll say again, like you don't work on a project like this unless you really trust the director behind it. And so, you know, if if I had been going on to set to do this um, story for somebody else, I I might not have showed up because I would have been uh, really nervous about how it would go. But I came to set super confident in my safety and security and and the feeling that we could really have fun and create and explore on set together. Cause there was that, that really strong trust um, already there before we even started shooting. Uh, what interested you in the role, Lauren? Um, uh, several things. I, 
I mean, I just loved the script. I loved the story that, you know, didn't give you everything right away. And that really made you think and uh, come up with your own decisions about things. Um, I also just was very excited to work with Amelia and Lee because I, I had helped out with the, um, the teaser that Amelia shot for this to, to, uh, to get the grant. And um, that's when I met Lee as well. And um, we had so much fun that one night, just shooting the teaser that when Amelia came to me a couple of years later and was like, I have the full script. Do you want to play Emily? Um, and I knew Lee was attached to it. still. I was just hundred percent in. Um, and then also um, like we're talking about just exploring this really um, messed up friendship dynamic between two women that I hadn't seen a lot before. And just like being able to play this character that's portrayed as sinister. Um, I had never had that opportunity before. So a lot of things. Yeah. You do a great job. Everyone Thank does. Great job. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tristan, you have a question? I love this film. I'm a huge fan of this film, but I definitely was cold watching it. Were you guys cold while you were making it? I agree it? with that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we were cold while yeah. shooting it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah the, you know, the funniest part of it all was that our amazing production designer, Steph Rubano, thought it would be really fun to give us, like, costume coats as our <laughs> winter outfit. So I... I yeah, style like, over. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like a corduroy jacket that was rented from a theater. So it was really designed to be worn inside under theater lights. Um, and I wore that in negative 20 Celsius and lower. Um, and I think Lauren, you were in a pretty similar position. Yeah. Did you layer? I layered, like I did have some like, you know, some like thermal <laughs> yeah. silk underneath I think there. I had those like, you know, those sticky heating pads. I just had like 20 just like stuck all over my body. <laughs> they should make vests, just yeah. like heating vests <laughs> that you can wear underneath. <laughs> yeah, we were shooting like um, end of January, early February and like two hours north of Montreal. So Quebec can get really, really cold in the winter. And there was just so much snow too, because there was so much buildup from the winter. So we also had a snowstorm at one point, which ends up being the end of the film, which just, we just kind of lucked out that we shot that scene and there was this crazy storm. But then later that night we had to stop shooting because we were worried about getting the cast and crew back to where they were staying because there was, it was the middle of the night and no one was plowing the roads and there was so much snow. I've never seen that much snow in my entire life. So. I think they said it was the most snow they'd had in 20 years. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that just makes me. sense. Yeah. It was a lot of snow. I definitely felt like I was in the movie sometimes. Like, even when I... Oh, yeah. Even when the camera wasn't rolling, I was like, is this real? Like, are we are we experiencing this for real? But yeah. <laughs> Is she yeah. stealing my blood for real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell. No, I wasn't worried about that. I was worried that the... <laughs> The um, you know, I take some. There's. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, no, I trusted Lauren. I trusted Lauren, but I didn't trust my own memory because, like, I knew that there was like fake pills, and then there was like real pills, and I was convinced at a certain point that I had swapped them, and I was taking the wrong one. Um, so yeah, that was like a moment of like a real mania. Yeah. Like, Just like the like, jacket, like, you had you know fake 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 jackets <laughs> and uh, fake pills. Yeah. 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 But uh, as Trista said, it does make you feel cold watching. And I thought the whole look of the movie uh, was really well done. And I like the the lighting in some of the scenes with like, um, 
the natural lighting from the fireplace. Was that the real fireplace going? Because that's what it looked like. I think we only had an actual fire for one scene because it's not ideal for sound to have a fire going. I was going to mention, yeah. Yeah, so there was a scene where you saw it because I was like, we have to see the fire at some point. Um, but most of the time we were using a shadow maker, which is basically like a bunch of light bulbs kind of all clustered together and they're flickering at different rates. Um, so it kind of gives that effect. And sometimes I feel like it was a bit of a placebo effect, like for the cast and crew in the cabin as well. Cause we'd feel we're like, Oh, the fire is on. They're like, no, that's just some lighting. <laughs> just light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> but it had the yeah. right feel. It didn't make yeah. you feel warm. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fake, fake fire and fake uh, jackets. You guys were just losing thing. your minds the whole shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, we mentioned uh, Fantasia Fest before we went live. Um, that was the premiere. Um, since it was uh, virtual this year, uh, what was the experience like? You know, at first it was a pretty hard pill to swallow, um, not to relate it to the film, but um, <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, part of it's my first film, like it's my first feature. And so much of the time as a filmmaker, you're just really aiming for that, like, you know, world premiere spot regardless of what festival you're at or whatever, but just to be in a room with an audience, you know, in a dark room with a big screen and the sound and everything like that's just such a big part of the experience. And so I was definitely very, you know, um, a bit torn up about that when I realized that wasn't going to happen, but obviously Fantasia made a hundred percent the right choice and it was what needed to happen. And I think all the festivals that we've been a part of so far have like pivoted really well and have done a lot to still create like a good online experience um, you know, so I think it's been, I'm sure it's been tough for festivals too, but I think they're doing a lot to still make them happen. Like even just like, we're still going to do it this year, I think, you know, says a lot about keeping, you know, people entertained and keeping like, you know, engaged and, you know, people engaged, but, um, it's definitely a different experience than I was hoping for. <laughs> Right, right. It's funny, like, I don't have a, a another year to compare it to. So I can't say this is what it's like to come up with a feature film when it's not a pandemic. Um, that's like, this, this is, is my this is our baseline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've been so thrilled. I think all of us have been a little blown away by how engaged people have been with the film and how much positive feedback we've gotten. Like, we're so we're so thankful that people are watching it, even though they can't go to the theater to watch it yet. Mm-hmm not quite yet you know so um yeah like there you know i'm definitely looking at the silver lining of it which is that more people maybe get to see it because things are virtual and so they don't actually have to leave their house or travel to to make a premiere yeah yeah you can't you can't dwell on the on the sadness too long otherwise it's very depressing you have to try and think about the positives that come out of it and i think everyone would agree that it's you know having your friends and family all over the place be able to actually attend you know the premieres and and see this film much before they probably would have seen it otherwise so there's some silver linings i mentioned uh, friends and family uh, i'm always interested um about your friends and family are they were they supportive of you doing horror movies <laughs> for me a hundred percent yes <laughs> like they my my parents would probably be mad if i didn't make horror movies um, yeah, both, uh, my dad especially is a really big horror fan, so I grew up watching a lot of horror films, and so I think that, um, they're both, both my parents are very supportive of, of filmmaking endeavors. Yeah, my parents are very supportive, but they're, my, a lot of my friends and family mm-hmm. are complete scaredy cats when it comes to 
the, the, the theater <laughs> going experiences. So I think it's a bit hard for them to really support me. Like they, they'll buy the tickets and they'll show up, but they might have their hands over their eyes for <laughs> most of the film. So thanks for trying, you know? <laughs> yeah. My, my parents, my parents both, uh, they both like horror, I would say. Um, my mom has seen this movie like six times already. She's obsessed with it. <laughs> um, but I think it's more so my friends, like, and even my partner has a hard time watching it because they're really scared of horror films. And But uh, every time they're always like, Lauren, I'm watching it for you, but otherwise, <laughs> like... I wouldn't watch it. I, <laughs> yeah. I watch it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, though. Uh, well, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Emilio, you said your dad is a big uh, horror movie fan, so has he watched it? Oh, yes. Yes. They uh, <laughs> they watched it uh, at the premiere. Again, a nice kind of part of that it was um, streaming across Canada for Fantasia, because I'm originally from Vancouver, so a lot of my family's in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tris, another question? I just wanted to clarify, I think Neil mentioned earlier that Lee had worked with Amelia, and I think Lauren had as well. And then you, Lee and Lauren met for the first time on the teaser for this a couple of years back. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, Lauren and I had just done not as a kind of actor-director collaboration, but we just met on a, on a set that we were both helping out a friend with. Um, and then I just knew she was an actor and I was like, do you want to come over? And, you know, we were just shooting for a couple of hours um, doing this grant application. And then it kind of, um, you know, went from there, but immediately she really like embodied the role really well, considering like the script wasn't even fully written at that point. Um, So I had that in the back of my mind as I was writing it. And then as soon as we got the funding, I went back to her and said, Hey, do you want to be in this? Yeah, we improvised the teaser, right? Like you had you had a very strong vision of what you needed. I think, um, yeah, we did some, sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> but I, I remember like Lauren doing these like incredible, like totally off script improvisations that, yeah, she was just the character like right away without even trying. It was remember. really cool to watch. <laughs> I was in a very dark place in my life at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Like maybe so it's easy to improv as like a scary woman. <laughs> did that, did that uh, alter how you wrote the character when you did the script then? I feel like I ended up using some of the stuff they'd improved in the teaser in the script. Because um, I think you're right. I think we didn't actually have any dialogue for the teaser. Because I was kind of going for a little bit. I liked the idea in the film that there was obviously these horror elements, but there was also some time where you were just kind of hanging out with the characters and just like spending time with them and like a bit less plot driven, I guess. Um, so the scene that we did for the teaser kind of ended up being like the card game scene in, um, in the film. And that scene as well, we improvised. That was the only scene in the film that we improvised. And we just like, they just played cards and we just kind of followed them around. Um, just to kind of create that, another layer of kind of intimacy too, that we're just kind of hanging out with these characters. Um, so yeah, that was a fun, thing to do earlier when you called it like a descent into madness i thought that was a a fitting thing because it really you know it it starts off just like a very subtle little things just like i thought a lot of the looks from emily's uh, uh, lauren's character you know you don't know you know there's something not right here but you don't know exactly you know where it's going to go and then you know things really start to amp up <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think like one film that's been a really big influence for me is um, Repulsion, because it has that kind of thing. And it's very much from like one 
um, character's perspective. And that's definitely an ascent to Madness film. And you're only in her apartment too. So I think that was definitely something I've drawn on in terms of structure. And uh, for Lee's character, you know, it's like uh, the paranoia builds up. And uh, what's that like to play, you know, the arc of that? Because you start, you know, fairly, you know, pretty normal. And then by the end, you're totally different. But in the middle, I, I always think that would be the harder part where it's just a little bit of paranoia. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that came together when Amelia was editing with Matthias. Um, because That's not I, fair, Lee. You're like, we no, didn't no. <laughs> We had to have stuff from you. I mean, like, I, as an actor, like, you just try stuff and you try to, you're, you're the character and you live the moment as the character. And there's some takes that are, I think, going to really nail it. And then there's other takes that might be really cool on their own, but then don't fit into the puzzle piece that is the story. So I think especially in a film like this where the dialogue is really minimal, the cast is so so stripped back, like everything is so, it's so intense because of the way it's all been layered on top of itself. And, and that to me really comes out of the editing process. Like, sure, I worked hard, but it like, you know, if a different editor had taken different takes, like it would have been a completely different movie, I think, you know, that's just me. I agree. <laughs> yeah I think not you. enough credit is given to the post-production process honestly like not to I mean good actors work hard and we, we care and we, we really try and make the movie amazing but so much can change between the, the end of the shoot and the premiere like if you don't have someone really talented overseeing everything like Amelia and making those creative decisions and having those creative conversations with the people who are cutting everything together, coming up with the color, coming up with the, the ambient like sound, like that all makes, especially in this kind of film, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's the house is its own character. And that really came out from, from production design and then also the layering of all those elements in post. So yeah, I think it's, it's such a collaborative process. You, you don't get that tension without so many people playing a role. Uh, was it hard to find a, the right house? <laughs> yes, it was very hard. Um, I was surprised because you'd think, you know, in a cabin in the woods in Canada, um, there's lots of that kind of thing here. Um, you're, you're cutting out a little bit, Lee. Is that me? I don't know. Everyone's fine on my end. I think Lauren might Lauren? have froze. Maybe um, Lauren is froze. I think Lauren's froze. She's I thought she was just really very still hot there for and intense minute, stare. I, think... <laughs> I know. I'm glad it's a good still, you know, because yeah. sometimes you freeze and you're like, eh. but she <laughs> exactly. looks very hot and cool. So yeah. She'll be back with us when she gets internet again. Uh-huh. <laughs> usually it's me. That's because my internet is terrible. So usually I'm the one who's like stuttering. So like, oh, is it me? Um, yeah, it was difficult to find um, the location. A big part of that was also the fact that we didn't have the budget to bring a lot of stuff in to the location. So we really needed somewhere that um, was going to have a lot that we could work within it already. Um, and so that took a long time. I think that was the hardest part was some, finding somewhere that was just like ready to go, um, you know, and you don't want somewhere super tiny either the cabin was really really small like we couldn't have fit more than what our crew was in there and we were jam-packed it was like 15 people um but that place had so much atmosphere and like even just like I had stayed at the cabin for budget reasons so I was living there while we were shooting which was a weird experience but like it has 
both this very like warm, it's a beautiful place, but it's also super creepy at times too. So it really fit everything nicely. Uh, Trista, you have another question? If you guys are horror fans yourselves, love to know some of your favorite horror movies. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go. Um, <laughs> um, I would say, like, I like a lot of the classic horrors, like The Shining, and, like, a lot of, I don't know, like, The Birds and um, Psycho and those, like, older, just classic horror films. Um, like, those really resonate with me. I feel like I could have been in Psycho <laughs> back in the day. Like, that would have been, like, a dream role for me. Um and recently, I actually just watched um, A Clockwork Orange for the first time the other night. And just, like, movies like that that are very just kind of off-putting and, and bizarre um, really strike a chord with me. So I think, you know, just films that are a bit different, which I think is also another reason why I was kind of drawn to this film. Because um, it, it felt very different to me when I read the script. And I remember the first time seeing it, thinking afterwards, like, I can't really think of a film, like one film that I would say this is similar to. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and that's really appealing to me. Yeah. And it's hard to find uh, unique films today, I think. Totally, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, how about Lee, your favorite uh, horror movies? I, I'm, bad, I'm bad with favorites. I always blank on a favorite, but I can tell you some things I've watched recently that I really love. I, I'm just a big fan of Jordan Peele. I love that he makes stories that are so psychologically engaging and also have like such a strong social commentary um, and that are so creative. Like I just, they're concepts that I, I like, I just, I'm in awe of how his brain works. Um, and then the other thing I really love watching when it came out and now I'm in season two is the haunting uh, of Hill house, um, the series on Netflix. So it's, Bly, it's Bly Manor now, I think. Right. But uh, I'm on, I'm on episode two of that. Don't tell me how it ends. I hope so. But I love counting the ghosts in that. Like that was, I'm such a fool. I didn't notice that in season one. And then I was reading about it, that there were like sort of ghosts hidden in all of the scenes. And it was so cool to go back and watch that. So I'm watching season two with um, like my, you know, my eagle eyes on so I can, don't miss anything. Yeah. <clears throat> Amelia, your favorites. Yeah, it's a big question. Um, I feel like a lot of the classics as well, like The Shining has always been uh, one of my favorite films like in general. Um, and Rosemary's Baby and Repulsion um, are two really great films. Um, one film that I love as well is The Wicker Man, the original, obviously. Um, and actually, the um, <laughs> not the bees. No, I know. I haven't actually seen that one. I should probably oh, really? check it out. But, um, and actually, the character, the main character in this film is called Rowan because of the wicker man okay. um, oh that's yeah that's a new piece of trivia i know i keep being like i gotta bring that out in an interview yeah, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first guys yeah um because yeah because that's just being like a really favorite film of mine and i love that name in that film so, so yeah. it'd be kind of cool to use it steal it um, and then, yeah, for more recent films, like a big film that was um influence for me for this as well was uh the invitation by Karin Kasuma. Um, I really liked that when I saw it at Fantasia like a couple of years ago, which like really stood out and has stuck with me ever since um, in terms of that kind of paranoid feeling. Um, and then things like It Follows um, has been like a really big favorite of mine of the past years and um, us as well. Yeah. yeah. So many good ones. 
Is the invitation on with Jason Bateman? No, that's the gift. The gift. The invitation doesn't have any like super well-known actors. It's on Netflix though. Highly recommend. Yeah, it's really good. Anyone watching? And Lauren, watch it. Lauren, go watch it right now. (laughs) Go. I don't want not to self-promote too much, but uh, I believe we're the only only podcast interview with Robin Hardy, the director of the original Wicker Man. Oh, no way. Oh, I, wow. When we had him on, he didn't know what a podcast was, and I yeah, had to go yeah, talk yeah. him into doing it. And unfortunately, he passed away not long after, so I think it's his only one. Oh, I should wow. listen to that episode then. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes, he was in the works for the third one, but it, it you know never got finished, unfortunately. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a film that's very good to revisit that film. And the soundtrack is amazing. And there's just so many great moments. I agree. Uh, how about uh, Eris? I don't know, is that how you pronounce the name? Eris, who plays Brendan in the movie? Oh, Eri. Eri. Yeah. I got it wrong ev- like every day. <laughs> all right. He's I don't a very feel so patient. Bad yeah. <laughs> He's a very patient man. What a lovely yeah. person. We all screwed up his name the first time. And he oh was God. very nice about it. Uh, how did he get involved? Was he someone you worked with before? No, he was actually the only person that we had an open casting call for. Um, uh, just because, yeah, like Lee and Lauren were already involved. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty like kind of normal casting process. But I think that what stood out for me about him was that um, he had a kind of genuineness to him as an individual. But I think that that like translated to the character really nicely. And I think Brendan's, you know, there's like definitely less time spent on his character in the film. Um, and definitely when we were shooting, there was some times where we just like didn't, everyone would kind of get a close up except for him <laughs> because it's just, there wasn't enough time. And that just wasn't what the central, most of the scenes were, you know, were about. Um, and his character was more kind of meant to be a foil for, you know, Rowan and Emily's character um, to kind of see things bounced off of him more so. Um, but yeah, he's amazing to work with. I think one thing I was, not like worried about, but especially since it's such a small cast, um, I really wanted everyone to get along really well and like the three of them be very, you know, happy together. <laughs> and I feel like that was really, you know, I think there was pretty instant chemistry and stuff um, between all of them, which really helps when you're on a small shoot, just like they were really great to work. Yeah. With. You three characters, they have to, you know, uh, all work together or else the movie's not going to work. Yeah, completely. Uh, I really like the dialogue scene with uh, with Lauren and Lee when they're uh, laying on the bed next to each other because it really showed a connection between the two. Maybe if not the healthiest, but it's still like you could tell that you know there was an actual connection between the two characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. I think the idea was, um, and that scene was actually like a kind of a last minute addition before we shot. But um, I think the kind of irony in the film was that these women actually do have a connection and could kind of get along in a different life or something um alas not in this film but um i think you know they both kind of love each other but it's also kind of fucked up so yes <laughs> yes uh, Tristan, you have another question i'm wondering what you're all working on now <laughs> um we are you know pr- promoting this film which is going to be a fun uh, fun process. There's some exciting stuff coming up. Um, and I think, well, I think the other thing that's really exciting is that um, Bloodthirsty is also on its way, which is, um, 
the film that Amelia directed with. Sorry, Lauren. we always make you talk about it. Ladies. No, but I like saying it. It's more exciting than talking more about this film. So yeah, their their <laughs> film, Bloodthirsty, is also doing. I mean, it's crazy that they they both have two feature films out this year. That's wild. Um, so you should definitely support that. It, can we announce? Um, can we announce the other thing that's coming out? I think it's out. I'm gonna say it. Uh, it's <laughs> both films are going to be at Blood in the Snow. Oh, yes. yes yeah. Yes, okay, I was yes, like, I don't fine. care if I can say this. It's totally official. Uh, so both of them are going to be at Blood in the Snow. And I'm which sure will be geolocked to Canada, unfortunately, though. Oh, so okay. that's not well, in the States. Yeah, just there'll, there'll, be, okay, there'll be more stuff in the States so. soon. Yeah, we got some exciting stuff uh, coming up for this project. That's very cool. Uh, there's still a festival run going on for uh, Bleed With Me. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it just start, I mean, it was it premiered in in August, so um, we have uh, we have some European uh, uh, shows coming up, and um, yeah, like we're still it's still active. There's lots there's lots still in the pipeline for sure. I don't know if you know yet, but uh, do you know where it's going to go after the festival run? We cannot you know, say the yet. Release or you know on demand. We're not sure. It's still kind of up in the air. Right. Um, but if you go to the website, which, oh, yeah. is, which is bleedwithmefilm.com, that's where we kind of post any like announcements and stuff. So any new screenings that are happening, I mean, screenings, virtual screenings, um, will all be posted on the website and all the social media is the same thing, Bleed With Me Film. So if you are interested in checking it out, that's usually where we post announcements and stuff. Um, so yeah, there'll be a few more festivals and then there'll be a release. We just don't know the details yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw I played uh, Salem recently. I'm in Massachusetts, so. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was like a really awesome festival too. Mm. They did a great job with the online, um, yeah, the online thing, and we all watched a film the together strings. called yeah. The Strings. Wow, that's cool. We, um, we not together. We were we were on yeah. Zoom. It was a hilarious. <laughs> Virtually, thing. yeah. It was just like yeah. us in the dark, kind of like blurry figures in the background, and then we like press play at the same time. So The Strings <laughs> was great. It's another Canadian. Uh, Canadian. Yeah, I would highly recommend that film. I think it's next playing at the Frightening Ass Film Festival in Chattanooga. Um, so if you're going to go to that, I would check out that movie. Yeah, it was really cool. Very cool. I will check that out. And uh, Tristy, another question? Amelia, are you the only one who stayed at the cabin? <laughs> no, I stayed with the... Um, DP, Renee Arsenault, and then um, Dominic Katerina, who was the sound person, who's also my boyfriend. So it kind of worked out that way. <laughs> we could share a bed for like, because there was not very much space in that cabin. Right. I, I think it's cool that Renee, who's the, the cinematographer, he stayed in my character's bedroom, like in my character's bed. And it's pretty cool because there's a lot, I don't know, I just found it so meta because yeah. there's a lot of point of view shots where it's a, you know, he would, we would like be on top of each other because he's trying to get the, the shot from my eyes, right? And it just felt like he was also Rowan sometimes because he was staying in my bedroom and being me and I loved it. It was so fun. He's a great guy. <laughs> you mentioned before about, you know, being a small area. And is that technically difficult to do to, to you know, to, to get every, get all the shots? Uh, in, the being in the cabin? Yeah. Yeah, I think what I was mainly worried about was just like it getting kind of boring as a location since we weren't going anywhere else. And so the DP and I would work a lot to kind of keep 
thing, you know, change shots as much as possible and try to show like different parts of the cabin. Um, and the bathroom actually is a completely different location. So we shot that in Montreal because the bathroom that we, that was in the cabin didn't have a shower. So we couldn't do the, the bloody shower scene. Um, so uh, by the end of the film, you've basically seen every single corner of that cabin and there's nowhere for the bathroom to be. <laughs> like, it doesn't really make sense, but that's the joy of cinema is like people hopefully aren't thinking about that. Um, right. And you don't know, cause when you're not there, it's a completely different feeling. Um, but yeah, we definitely shot every single corner of that place. It was, it was definitely small. I feel like another thing that people don't realize about like indie low budget sets is that, you know, you, you'll make the, the shot look beautiful, but then every other place on location behind the camera is just like full of gear and like an garbage. And yeah, it's like an explosion of stuff. So like when we weren't in Rowan's room, like it was just like boxes of, you know, gear. Um, yeah. So it's funny when you see it all pieced together because it looks like this tranquil cabin in the woods, but in reality it was pandemonium uh, in, in the best way, like really fun, uh, yeah. but lots of chaos uh, behind, this, behind the camera. Yeah, it was also hard um, uh, to get the gear up the hill because like the, the cabin was at the top of the hill. So they had like an electric um, or a motorized sled, a, a winch. Um, to get all the gear up. And I had an injury at the time. I was in a cast. So they also used that to get me up and down the hill every day. Um, so that was interesting. <laughs> it was definitely right. a tough location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you okay now? Oh, yeah. I'm we don't need a... All right. We don't yeah. need a winch. <laughs> I know because you're still in the cabin, so just making sure. Yeah, <laughs> we never winched her back. We just. <laughs> I was like, guys, guys. Hey, <laughs> okay. just drop something, but I think it's all right. Uh, Tracy, another question. Would you consider making a sequel? Ooh, I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like the story is... It would be a ghost story. Come to right? its end. Oh, spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, yeah I think... I, just, I don't know if this is the film to do that with, but I think the characters are done. <laughs> I could not be dead and then come to life and do the same thing to Brendan. There you go. There you go. Or we follow Brendan. Yeah. He's trying to avenge your death. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to track down Rowan. Yeah. yeah that's kind Rowan's of, on the land. Kind of like Psycho, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So you mentioned the website. Uh, where else can people follow, you know, each of you individually to see what you're up to? Um, yeah. For, you them to. For um, anything to do with the film, like I said, it's for social media, it's Bleed With Me Film. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the main thing I post about for film stuff would be my Twitter, which is Amelia D. Moses. So follow me there. All right. uh, Lauren, where can people follow you if you want them to? Um, I mainly use Instagram the most, I guess. So it's at Lauren Lynn 19. And Lee. Uh, I don't know what my, ha I think my handle is like Lee dot Marsh dot all now. I keep changing it. Just go to bleed with me film. And that's the more important yeah, and you can find me if you really want to find me. Just Google me. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, uh, we both really liked the movie. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a lot. And I hope people check it out at the festivals and beyond. But yeah, there's uh, all kinds of festivals happening and the, the, uh, you can't be with people, but it's still fun to watch online with people. And there is a level of interaction with the uh, virtual festivals. Completely. Yeah. People are still interacting a lot online, which is really cool. It's cool to see. Yeah. That's the main thing I miss about uh, right now are our festivals in the theater. Yeah. And going to the bar afterwards. Yeah. Ooh, going to the bar. And, yeah. Wow. And talking with people. That's wow. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I consider that all part of the festival. So yeah. yeah, completely. It's pretty nice to connect with people that way, but soon enough, I hope. Yeah, that will be back on the table. All right, very good. And I look, I look forward to uh, seeing uh, more stuff from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Thanks for having us. Yep. Stay Thank safe. You. Bye. 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 Hi, Susan Lanier Bramlett here, the original Brenda from West Cravens, the original Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, but right now I want to talk about voting. Um, this is a picture of my dad. Now, he was neither a loser or a sucker, as Trump has referred to our servicemen and women who sacrifice their lives daily to defend democracy. Like John McCain, my dad was caught, captured and tortured in World War II, fighting a vicious dictator who killed millions of people. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had it with this current administration. I would love to have a president who represents decency, Someone who doesn't lie. Someone who's not afraid to show his tax returns. Someone who believes in science, not just padding their own pocketbook. And someone who wants to unite the people, not divide them. I hope you're registered to vote. And please consider supporting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in this most important election of my lifetime and probably yours too. Biden-Harris 2020. Thank you. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley, we should have listening. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming!